You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Lisa Wysocki, and today I'm at the Cheatham County Agricultural Extension Office in Ashland City, Tennessee. I mean, why wouldn't you be? I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 17th, episode 3185, brought to you today by Kemen Equine. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. I think Glenn has made it part of the way. I think he got there, but I think their luggage didn't make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that would be part way. <laughs> <laughs> it was never going to be easy for him. I know they no. had a lot of issues leading up to it. And uh, yeah, you know what? It just gives, I see, I think that when your luggage gets lost, it gives you an excuse either to not care about what you're wearing because you only have like one thing or you get to go shopping in Amsterdam. Well, this is true. This is true. And that would be fun. Yeah. Exactly. Should be awesome. So they are out. You are here uh, hanging out with me and we have some cool stuff coming up today. We are going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite apps, which is called Next Door. And I my, love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, God. It's so entertaining. It's just uh, so entertaining. Anyway, so our producer, George, has never actually heard of Next Door. And he was like, what is that? Well, we're going to tell you, George. It's going to be good. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to talk to Dr. Iverson and uh, talk about sport horse rehab, injury prevention, all those things. And then, of course, we might have a little weird news. So that is coming up. But first, we're going to do some daily winnies. Okay, so my daily winnie goes to all of the auditors who sent in some name suggestions for our new cat. So, Jamie, how often have we all had like a just a stray cat wander into our barn? You yeah, know, I mean, it's a thing. It is. It just happens. And so about a month ago, this cat just showed up and um, he was really friendly. And we tried everything, Jamie, to find the owner. I mean, we put ads up and we called all the vet clinics and we did all the social media and nobody claimed this guy, you know? So I, which is weird. Cause usually if they show up, they're not friendly. You know, well, that's, been... that's the thing. And so when he first showed up and then I was talking to our staff and volunteers and I'm going, okay, so if this is a feral female unspayed cat, uh, we're not keeping it. We did, we're going to have to trap it and it's going to have to go someplace. But here it's an unneutered younger male and he's super friendly. I mean, he loves people. So he, somebody lost a nice cat or dumped him or something. So Is he a kitten or is he a full-grown? I, I want to say he's maybe close to a year. We haven't taken him to the vet yet, but um, we're going to and we're going to get him neutered and get his shots and all of that. But you know what, Jamie? He needed a name. This poor guy, you know, we're calling him all these things. Cat. So 
So I put I put this post out on the auditor page uh, for people to send names in, and I I also did the same for our volunteer page at Colby's Army, and then I'm asking everybody. So we got I don't know all these names suggested, and so many great names. I mean, whoever knew there were so many great names to call a cat? I mean, I'm just like blown away. So, what, like, were they like funny names or like mythical names or like? They Cat. were all over the board. So, so there was Trooper and Zeke, and um, you know, somebody said, "Oh, they name they name their." Uh, cats after whatever book characters after whatever book they're reading at the current time um somebody said they they're naming their cats after mythical creatures and i mean it was it was so much fun just to read all the suggestions so i mean you're an author and your book stars cat Enright, so you have to name the cat cat well you know <laughs> we, we were almost there we, we really were almost there because so we we didn't know what to call him so we started uh, introducing some of these names that people were suggesting because I thought, okay, maybe the cat should choose his own name. That's kind of where we ended yeah, up. Yeah. So we started, hey, Zeke, hey, hey, Trooper, hey, Skipper, hey, you know, hey, Sergeant, hey, you know, hey, uh, Mikey and Milo. And, yeah, we had that too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so anyway, it came down to two names. One of them was Camo and the other was Gunner. And okay. those were the only two names that he even like turned his head and looked. He's like, oh, somebody's talking to me. So we kind of experimented with those for a little bit. And so the name that he chose for himself is Gunner. I love it. Yeah. And he's gunmetal gray. So that kind of works. And um, uh, it, it just he's, he's just a really, really sweet cat. But I, my daily Winnie, long story short, goes to everybody who, who suggested names because I so appreciate it. And we tried every one of those names on, uh, on the cat. <laughs> okay. I'm going to show you how old I am and what a nerd I am is that one of my favorite pants when I was like, you know, 10 or 12 yeah. was the Nelsons. And it was... <gasps> The twins, do you remember the They're Nelson friends twins? Of mine. They are friends of mine. Shut I, up. I know them. I've been to their house. Oh my God. Well, it's Matthew and Gunner. Yes. Yes. Are the twins? Of- yes. So pretty much what I'm hearing is you now need a Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to call them and tell them. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like the They're oh super God. nice people. I will say they are super nice people. They and that blonde hair that they had. Oh yeah. Yeah. All, just waist length blonde hair. I've known them probably since about 1990. Oh my God. I just learned something so cool about you. I can't live without <laughs> your love and affection. I can't fix another night on my own. Whoa. I, oh my God, I could keep going. Well, that was very, that took a weird turn. There we go. <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear on horses in the morning. I know, right? You might yeah. hear some 80s pop music, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. All yeah, right. So, so wait, wait, just wait. So for people who don't know who Gunnar and Matthew Nelson really are, they're the grandsons of Ozzy and Harriet and they're the son of Ricky Nelson. Yeah, there, there's a lineage yeah. there, yes. and uh, man, yes. I was a, I went to see them in concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Atlanta, I did. Yeah, super Woo. nice people. That's awesome. All right. That's fantastic, by the way. That is like <laughs> the best tidbit I've ever learned about you ever. That's See? You just never failed so, to surprise me. I tell you what, when you come to Nashville next time, if they're in town, we'll see if we can arrange a coffee or something. Oh, my God. I'm getting on a plane <laughs> right now. Woo. Okay. <sighs> Let me get my blood pressure down. <laughs> All right. Next Daily Witty. 
right. Well, I would like to thank everybody for sending me messages about Jack. Jack was my new old horse. And Lisa, I had to uh, repurpose him. He was not happy with the job that I was going to do. He was supposed to help me start baby horses. And pony. Yeah. And he was going to pony all the horses with me. And uh, yeah, he hates horses. Like hates them. Like really? Yes. In in the pasture, he, you know, we have a 20 acre field and all the horses are at one end and he's all the way to the other end. Like he, if you have him in the stall, he like tries to bite them as they go by. And he's just with all these geldings in April who lives in Texas, who had originally found him yeah. and brought him up to me. Yep. She has three draft mares that live in a, a big field, like 24, a 40 acre field. Then they have an additional 500 acres behind that. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked to her about it, we talked about maybe let's, we're going to kind of share taking care of him for the rest of his life. And he's mm-hmm. going to go retire at her place. Oh, uh, she, yeah. She does some driving and she's got these mares. And, and so anyway, I, uh, I know I told the story on Friday, but I loaded him up in the trailer and, you know, I always tell them like what's going on. I'm like, Hey Jack, I'm going to take you back to April, you know, who yeah. you were at yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling the whole story and I'm walking up to the trailer and I go kind of have a, at the end of the lead rope, not super safe. And I walk around to like latch the door open. And at this point the door whoops me in the face and he jumps in. He was like, get me out of here. I want to go back <laughs> to her place. <laughs> And then when I unloaded him, he was like, I mean, he didn't move the whole trip, six hours, you know, and then I I get him there and he unloads off the trailer like a perfect gentleman. And then I had, he is pulling me to the gate and is so happy to be there. So, oh, oh, it was great. So what happened to your face? Uh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> well, sore cheekbone, it's fine. Uh, you know, it's just a minor horse injury for the day. Um, yeah. But anyway, he's he was so happy. So being that I, the reason I got him was, you know, number one, I felt sorry for him and I wanted to save him. And I, I remember, yeah. But I have a 30-year-old Duke who needs to retire. And I've had so many people submit, you know, or message me about horses that they have that they would like to retire here, which definitely keep those coming. I think I'm going to wait until the fall to do anything because it's just one of those, like, Duke is, he's, he's still got it. He's still doing it. And plus I'm going to be gone most of June and uh, July and August suck here. So I wouldn't want to introduce yeah. a horse here right, and be like, hi, right. go sweat your <laughs> off. So we're going to wait till the fall, but I want to thank everybody. But again, keep those suggestions coming because there's a lot of people that have some great horses that they would love to find a, a nice, safe, soft landing for them. So I do, I do appreciate all of you trusting me with, with your precious commodities. So, uh, your precious family members, I should say. So anyway, there you go. That is my daily Winnie. Now what is going on? So I keep hearing about this writer's strike Yeah, and I know it's in Hollywood. Are you, this you is know, probably nationwide. Yeah. This is I nationwide. Mean, but I keep hearing about it with all the shows. Are you not allowed to write now? Or is that, is that, oh, no, I can, I can write it. This is for film and television. Um, and so it's um, 
uh, it's affecting the television show. So you're, you're seeing a lot of reruns. So they're going through all of the, um, you know, the, the shows that they already have in the can. But when those are done, then everybody's going to just be reruns. And uh, the, they had a writer's strike some years ago, and it lasted, I don't know, five or six months. And they're expecting this one as well. So they've got a couple of things on the table. One is um, streaming services. So writers aren't getting paid. So so writers get paid if, if it's aired on television. Um, kind of like the the whole Napster thing in the music industry. What mm-hmm. was that 20 years ago? You know, you download something and then the writers and the songwriters would not get paid for that. So so they're negotiating all of that. And then the other thing that's come up is all this AI stuff, this artificial intelligence stuff. So um, scary. yeah, so scary. Yeah. So so they've got a lot of things to kind of work out. So 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 what that means for Cat Enright and and the the television stuff that we're doing there is is that's kind of at a um, screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Um, until, you know, until we can figure out or they can figure out, you know, the, the strike thing. So, gotcha. yeah, it, you know, Jamie, I've just kind of come, it, it's so disappointing, you know, cause you work so hard and you get so far and it's like, we, we might see it on TV and then boom, it comes to a stop. But, you know, I, I can't control any of that. And so, you know, you just kind of have to go with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 That, that's a brutal, but, but it's like. I almost at this point in my life go, you know, I'm just going to believe it when it happens. Like yes. when I get the check, when this st- something <laughs> happens with this thing, when this is done, that's when I'll go, oh, look, you know, like I'm not going to be like, well, I might do this. No, don't say that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it might not happen. <laughs> it might not. Now, yeah. I want to take you on a little journey, uh, Lisa, if I can. Um there's there's the the next door app and yes. if those don't have next door um in your rural if you live in a rural community or even a big city it's very entertaining to <laughs> to go through <laughs> and so what i do is i i can't help it they send emails like these email blasts go out and you can't help but read about somebody's tales of woe and or paranoia or whatever they're experiencing um, and so usually what I do is they're so entertaining that I take a screenshot and, um, I like to read them on the show. So do you, are you a member of next door? I am a member of two next doors, one here in Tennessee and then another at my mom's place in, uh, Minnesota. So I love next door. It is, you're right. It's so entertaining. <laughs> and, yes. and I joined Jamie because I wanted to know what was going on in the neighborhoods. I still don't know what's going on in the neighborhoods, but I know everybody's crazy. That's, that's all I know. <laughs> well, there's there's so many that I've saved up, so I just want to give you a um, a few of them. Yeah. Uh, like, like these are like these are email blasts. Somebody felt like it was so important that they needed to send an email to everybody in the local area, and this is a per, uh, a person named Lindell, and uh, Lindell has a picture of a mallard duck swimming in a pond. Okay. Nature in Hallbrook. Carolyn and I got out today and looked for arriving neotropicals. Found our first season scissor tail flycatcher, blue-gray gnatcatcher, black and white warblers, and killdeer. Also saw some northern shovelers and mallards on the big pond. The returning neotropicals and the red buds blooming are a sure sign of spring for me. Can't wait for the painted buntings. <laughs> Why do you need to email that? 
to 10 million, <laughs> 10,000 people, people about your, your going bird watching. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Oh my goodness. I have one. Oh, please do. Oh, so this one was, was from the Minnesota one, and this is from Carol. And so there, there's a picture of a blue sedan, a blue sedan, because it's important, okay? To the guy in the red pickup truck who decided he was going to dump a cat beside, behind the gas station on the highway today, guess what? You're on video. We got your license plate. White license plate. Emergency tags, which means you probably work for some kind of emergency vehicle service. I gotcha. And they call me a... Can I use the B word here? Anyway, uh, they call me a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it doesn't um, help if you say yeah. it quieter, but go ahead. No, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and tell me to mind my own business. That is my business. And you just made it my business because you've dumped my business animals in a place. It just took my business three years to clean up from cats and kittens. You just dumped a cat. They're like trash. So I'll be seeing you soon. Oh, yeah, you get them. <laughs> yes. But remember, it's a red pickup truck and there's a that picture of that blue sedan right there. That is true. So busted. Oh my gosh. So busted. Well, Hey, um, this one was submitted by Quincy and, uh, I'm sorry. You got to have an Oklahoma accent on this one. All right. This is kind of a long one, but it, it's where it's a journey yesterday on superior Avenue. Some female with brunette hair or burnette hair, white skinny black jacket, put three chairs on my lawn, not near my junk pile. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you have a junk pile on your lawn? Right. Uh, but further in my yard, and she left a weird note that makes no sense. If anyone has any idea who this could be, I'd like to know. None of my neighbors saw, nor my new camera caught her doing it, but my neighbors saw her drop them. By the time we went to go look for her, she was gone. So my guess is she lives in the apartments in front of the red folding lawn chair, uh, in front of Superior Avenue or the duplexes. And it was a red folding lawn chair, a blue chair that said, let's taco about it. Then a metal phone chair. <laughs> and here's the note. Neither me or my husband, neither have any idea what it means or who this is or what it was intended for. And I'm guessing she got the wrong address. Would you like to hear the note? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> We've come this far. <laughs> so basically, somebody has a lawn with a junk pile, of course, out front. And some lady walked up and set three chairs in her lawn and attached a note. Here's the note. Here they, it's handwritten. Okay. Here yep. they are on chairs. They need to be returned to you. If this is dope, it's yours. By my phone calculations, you and free y'all got things worked out and I'm so happy for you. If I would have known, <laughs> <laughs> If I would have known you two were lovers, I would have never done what I did. <laughs> Please forgive me, but just you, an old gypsy soul like me, what would have done? I still forgive. Please leave me alone. <laughs> I gave oh you goodness. free internet. The only reason it will go off is when the one paying for it can't get boop, done. It will unplug. Thank you for your trip. By the way, four and two, all letters, your as you are. Thank you for your trip. I enjoyed it. Please stay on your side and me mine. Okay? <laughs> you got internet until Cox says different. We'll let you know. 
<laughs> you win. <laughs> that's, I think, that's I think hysterical. My, my favorite line is, if I would have known you two were lovers, I would not have never done what I did. <laughs> I want to know what you did. Oh, my goodness. What oh. did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we want to know. We want the follow-up. Oh, God. It's so good. It's so good. Um, do you have any more? Because you, you have... This is a short one, but this is from um, from the Tennessee one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is from Michael. It's great to be here. Like seeing all of you here. My name is Michael. It's great to be here. I have a Boston Terrier. He's in need of washable diapers due to a genetic mishap. If anybody has any cheap to give away, I'd be thankful to get them. It's a genetic mishap. I need them. <laughs> I'm confused about why he needs them. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There is no follow up. There is nothing. I, I'm just, and, and I think, I think the genetic mishap is with the dog, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm questioning who has the genetic I know. <laughs> Again, this is, um, these are emailed out. Okay. These are the email blast. And uh, last one, before we get to our guests, uh, Colleen in Norman, actually, my little town, and I looked up this address, and it's like one of the little cities, one of the little like neighborhoods downtown. This morning, when I left my house to go to church, I saw some cow patties in the street close to my home on Edinburgh and Colebrook. Oh, God, there's no punctuation. <laughs> then tonight, when my husband and I were walking our dog around the park around 10 p.m., there was a cow in the middle of the soccer field. <laughs> So y'all be careful around this area. If I knew the owner of the cow, I would have called him. <laughs> oh, uh, what, what could you say to that? Yeah, you can't. There's nothing you can say. Just all right. Well, good luck. <laughs> Moo. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, before we get to our first guest, I would like to thank our title sponsor. And let's hear a little bit from Kemen Equine. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propanate on the market today, ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemen, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Chromium EQ. So we've got an interview right now suggested by listener Delia. We have Dr. Courtney Iverson from Iverson Equine on the line with us. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. And so just so the listeners know, I think you're actively uh, working with the horse now as we speak. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. <laughs> Life of a vet. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have to go, just let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. You know, um, something we've been talking a lot about on Horses in the Morning lately is the fact that there aren't a lot of large animal vets anymore. And I was wondering why you chose to go into uh, equine veterinary. 
Uh, yeah, I um, grew up working with horses and have always loved them. So it was a passion of mine since I was very young. Um, I actually got into veterinary medicine um, due to having to rehab my own personal horse through an injury. Um, so that that was what started the whole uh, passion for going into equine medicine. Um, I just enjoy being able to work outside and travel to the horses and, you know, being able to watch, you know, the horse and human bond, um, and get them feeling better for their riders. Uh, that was what I enjoy the most right now. I think that's great. I think that's great to be so passionate and dedicated, you know, about that. You know, the other thing, too, is that a lot of veterinarians are going into some of the bigger practices. But uh, am I correct in thinking that you are an independent practitioner? You've got your own your own gig going on? Yes, you are correct. Yeah, I have my own practice. It's just me right now. Um, A lot of vets do go into group practices. Um, It makes it a little bit easier with sharing the load. But as of right now, I, I think it's great just with me, myself, but at some point in the future, I'm looking to add somebody to help with my team. Sure, sure. Um, so so then do you also have like the business challenges of all of that, of keeping the office going and, and the, you know, the billing and, and things like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, there's, there's an added challenge there, but um, I'm learning and I am starting to you know, learn to enjoy that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing because a lot of us don't like that part of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like lower on my list of passion, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now I saw that you just recently got your certified equine rehabilitation rehabilitation practitioner uh, certification. Tell us what that is and how that helps horses. Yeah, so I went through training, um, several months of training on um, rehabbing horses. The neuromuscular system is all connected in horses, and so we spent a lot of time in the detail studies of that and biomechanics of horses to get an understanding of what should be normal and what is ideal and how we're going to get the horses back to that um, because I think a lot of what we miss in rehab or have been missing in rehab is looking at the whole picture in the horses. Um, A lot of people get caught up in trying to heal the specific injury. You know, we're all staring at the tendon and rechecking the tendon or the ligament that the horse injures, but we don't always back up and look at the whole horse and go, well, why did we get to this point to begin with? Um, Oh, I love that. That was... That was what we spent a lot of time learning, and I've done a lot of continuing education on that to try to get myself. That's a passion of mine. I just want to be able to understand how to prevent these injuries because prevention is the best medicine. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, is there there a a specific injury uh, that you're rehabbing more frequently than others that you're seeing or something that you're seeing a lot of? Um, yeah, most specifically, we see a lot of suspensory injuries. I treat a lot of hunter jumpers, um, sport horses. So I think oftentimes we see more injuries in the suspensory ligaments, 
um, on these horses just because of what we're the work that they're being asked to do. Um, and I think a lot of it too comes down to the footing, mm-hmm. um, that they're asked to compete in. Um, so what would be your ideal footing? Um, you know, I don't know that we have a good idea of what is ideal. I think a synthetic sand mixture is probably something that we're thinking is a good idea. The full synthetic footing sometimes, while it's good for cushion, um, so it's better for arthritic or jump preventing concussions. So for the horses that are jumping and landing, it's better for their joints, but it's not as great for their tendons and ligaments because it, they have a natural slide of the feet when they're traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, especially the hind feet should slide naturally when they put them down on the ground and the synthetic footing stops that sooner in the process. Right. Um, and so that can chronically lead to some issues, but I, I also think there's underlying, um, biomechanical horses, like issues with the horses to get them to that point. I don't think it's purely a footing issue. Mm-hmm. Probably um, too. Um, I would think that different sports require different footing anyway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm speaking primarily hunter jumpers. You know, I, I, the footing for rainers is going to be different for the footing for dressage Definitely. versus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there a, a like a, top one or two things that you could tell us about prevention? Like what can we do? And I I know all of us are doing different things with our horses, but is is there something that we can do to help prevent some of these injuries? Absolutely. Um, I think a, some of the easiest things to do um, are proper warmups and cool downs for the horses. Um, I think a lot of times we get rushed into doing all of the, actual work for the sport so everybody wants to get on and start Mm -hmm. getting to jumping or all of the dressage movements but I mean at least 10 minutes of walking before and after can do wonders in making sure that the tendons and ligaments are properly warmed up and able to uh, take the different difficult movements of the horses so that you're not overloading them too soon um and I tell people, you know, if they don't have time for that, even having the horse turned out a little bit beforehand, um, bringing them in from turnout can help cut down some of that warm-up time because they're outside moving. Uh, I was trying I think- to tell people, it's like, it's like when, when the, the importance of warming up your horse is like, you don't jump out of bed and go outside and start running. You actually have to get up and move around and kind of wake yourself up a little bit and stretch. You don't just, and it's like, you don't get out of bed, tighten a belt real tight around you and then go run. Like you have to think about it a little bit more practical for the horse. Exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of people kind of forget, forget that, you know, we're, we're asking a lot out of these horses. It's not just a stroll in the park for them. Um, so, you know, think about what you do to prepare for a jog or, you know, a competition. Um, that's the other thing that I think I would help a lot for prevention is uh, having a proper training program that allows them to have some 
uh, quote unquote, like a taper time where they're doing a little bit less of the harder work. Um, I think we ask a lot out of these horses year round now. And I think we kind of have lost sight of giving them a little bit of time off or a little bit of a break in between competitions. Um, a lot of people will just go from one week to the next and, you know, only give them a few days of a break. Um, so kind of being a little bit more thoughtful on what you're doing with your competition schedule will help prevent a lot of things. I don't know. I think you're giving people advice that's dangerous for your business. Cause like, I don't know <laughs> if they just keep going with it, they'll come and see you. One of the things that I did see that is you're um, certified through the Chi Institute. And uh, we have a, mm -hmm. one of the podcasts here, one of the horses in the morning the Chi Institute puts on every month. How is that? How, did, how does that help your particular set of clients? Um, I think it's, it's helpful because it gives me um, a combination of tools to use for the horses. Um, it's not purely Western medicine that I'm looking at them for. I'm looking at them with a little bit of a different eye and including that as well in my lameness or soundness work with the horses. Um, I think it gives me a little bit better tools to use as a preventative work for them as well. Um, we're not purely treating them with medicine. Once we have a lameness, we're, we're treating them to maintain them and um, keep them sound and work. Um, and, you know, I mean, if I put myself out of business, then I, I think that I did a good job in education. <laughs> but, there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I really and passionate about keeping these uh, horses sound um, because that's that's what we all want them to be able to do is to be able to do their job well and keep doing their job well as long as possible. So, yeah. um, and, and do you I find too that that sometimes your uh, your owners? Um, um, have different expectations than what you have? I mean, particularly as far as time of recovery or things like that. Yes. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's always a management of expectations with injuries and, you know, um, what that timeline looks like. I, I think I do find myself having to remind them that time is also an important factor in healing. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. We, we can do a bunch of interventions, but they still need that time. Uh, so again, sometimes pumping the brakes for the horses is as important as doing everything else. Yeah. And I, I liked your, your comment about, you know, going year round with, with the competitions and the sports and things. And I know everybody's chasing points and, and they're, they're, you know, wanting to get to this level or they're wanting to do that. But I think, you're, you know, you're right that the horse does need a break. It's just like any other athletic season, like if you're looking at football season or baseball season, I mean, there's a season for it and then there's some downtime. I think that's, that's really important. Yeah, I think it's it's hugely important, and I think a lot of people have um, gotten focused on on what you can do for the competitions or the points, and sometimes we lose focus on the breaks um, or being a little thoughtful on how 
how many classes the horse is doing or what you're submitting them to for competitions yeah. without giving them proper time off. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find too that, um, that there are certain, and I know you do mostly hundred jumpers, but there are certain breeds or certain, um, categories of horses that might be age related or something that, that tend to have more injuries. I don't know that I can say that there is a specific breed, um, or type of horse that tend to have more injuries versus others. I think, um, I think they're all prone to their own things. Um, and we have these bigger, uh, warm blood and sport horses that I think need different thing, different management than, you know, these finer bodied thoroughbreds. But I think they each have their own issues that need to be properly managed. That yeah, that makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. and I'm sure a lot of it's, you know, confirmational and um um but I I just can't thank you enough for um for spending time. I know how busy you are and particularly as a soul practitioner and <laughs> And you're busy um, right now. You're literally yes. leading horses around right, right now. now. So <laughs> right now. <laughs> it it's been yeah. great having you on. If people want to see what you do or get a hold of you, where can they go? Um, yeah, so our website, um, iversonequine.com, they can go to to get an idea of what we offer and what we do. Um, we also have uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, they can look us up at Iverson Equine. Um, our, or they could reach out to us um, if they have questions or are interested in um, learning a little bit more about what we offer in the area. Um, they could either email us at info at iversonequine.com or give us a call. Um, I don't know if you want us to give the phone number, but. Well, we we've got too. your website. We'll put in the show notes. You're in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois, and uh, we do appreciate all of your time. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys hosting me. Well, our guest is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine horse feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine horse feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small, dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days, and you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, dailydoseequine.com online or chewy.com. If you have one or two horses or you have 20, 30 or more, fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone. Balding lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. 
Oh, yes, it's Wednesday. That is one of my favorite days of the week for one reason, because I get to tell you guys all the weird things that are going on in this world. And I would like to thank these wonderful people for sending me uh, weird news stories. Rachel, Melissa, JoLynn, Christiana, Margaret, Clark, Katie, Laureen, Julie, Maggie, Debbie, Lindsay, and Kathleen all of you guys sent me weird news stories. And uh, if you are ever looking at the news and you see something that you think, wow, that's really weird, email it to me, jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, and uh, it will become part of the show, hopefully. Now, this one, Lisa, we're going we're gonna to start out of the country, and then we're going to bring it real close to home. Okay. So, okay. Okay. When you think of black market items, like things on the black market, I don't know much about the black market, but I feel like there are some certain things that are on the black market. Mm-hmm. What do you yep. think when you see black market? Oh, electronics. Yeah, black absolutely. Electronics. electronics. Yep. Okay. Anything yep. else? Um, no. <laughs> Drugs. Well, I think well, of yes. like, I wasn't going to go there, but yes. Bad, bad yeah, stuff. Bad you know? stuff. Bad stuff. Bad well, stuff. bad stuff. This is interesting because authorities have reportedly seized almost a thousand pounds of something in Israel at the airport alone. They are smuggling something into the country, and the the Israeli airport alone is cracking down on it. Okay, it's dangerous. Oh, <laughs> Never know what could happen. When a thousand pounds in two separate instances of fruit roll-ups what? are being smuggled what? into Israel. <laughs> Why? Why? They're disgusting. Why? <laughs> Why is there a thousand pounds? They, they actually discovered 661 pounds in the airport in one week. Okay. So there's oh, there several has to be a reason. Separate incidences of hundreds of pounds of fruit roll-ups being snuck in. Why, Lisa? Why would you think people are bringing contraband? Well, see, this is the question of the day, Jamie. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I almost don't want to tell you because I want you to be so curious, but I'm going to have to tell you because that's how this works. Um, There's only one reason that it could be, and that reason is TikTok. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this just totally turned my world sideways here. Okay. There is a recent viral TikTok trend that is causing fruit roll-ups to explode in popularity, okay? And it really? all yes. <laughs> and apparently you can't get TikTok in some other countries and so people are smuggling in and like selling it for like tons of money. I was going to say how much money do you have to sell a fruit roll-up for to make it worth all this smuggling in the black market? I don't know, but it can't be that much. Um, so here's what happened. Is this a TikToker who lives in the United States posted this video? And what you do is you take a fruit roll-up, okay? You roll it out. It's like that little fruit leather thing. And you put a scoop of ice cream into it. Okay. A little okay. small scoop of ice okay. cream. And then you fold the fruit roll up around it. Okay. 
Now it's starting to sound a little delicious because the cold does, ice yes. cream yes. hardens the fruit roll-up just enough. So then you take a bite into this like fruit roll-up ball with ice cream in it. And it because the fruit roll-up freezes, it crunches upon biting into the treat. There are 14 million views of really? this person eating fruit roll-ups stuffed with ice cream. That's right. I'm just... I, I didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the crackdown, apparently Israeli's health ministry has gotten involved and they're issuing a warning to their country about the potential consequences of consuming too much sugar. <laughs> really? <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, it's taking over the world. But you know, that actually sounds pretty good. I know, right? I start, my mouth is watering as I'm telling the story. I, I don't I'm know why. I'm not a fan of fruit roll-ups, but the thing with the ice cream, I may have to give that a try. Uh, I know. It's that thing. It makes this crunchy pop. And I'm like, yes, I need to have that. Yeah. I'm going to have that. I'm going to store today. Yeah, All count, right. Count 14 million and one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next story is from a uh, group in, well, the sheriff's, Anderson County Sheriff's Office in South Carolina. So they're doing like a regular traffic stop. And they pull over this this couple, this nice couple, and uh, the guy's driving and the woman's in the passenger seat. And she's very clearly pregnant. And I guess the officer was like, oh, congratulations. When are you guys due? And the guy and the woman both said completely different days. Uh, March 2nd, April 4th. <laughs> like, and they, they just couldn't even... So the officer's like, that's weird. Let me continue to ask questions. And he continued to ask questions. And apparently the deputy said they became suspicious when each defendant gave, quote, conflicting information and called it the first red flag. Um, and there were some other red flags. They didn't go into details, but apparently they were like, hey, can you guys step out of the car? And the guy gets out of the car and he goes to the front. They're like, hands on, you know, and the woman gets out of the car with her big pregnant belly and she's got her hand in her belly and she gets out of the car and kind of lumbers to the front. And as the officer comes up to frisk her, um, she just takes off running, <laughs> takes a big pregnant lady, big pregnant belly as she's running. Cocaine starts dropping <laughs> out say. of her pregnant belly. <laughs> she had a fake belly on and stuffed the <laughs> belly with drugs. They weren't married. They weren't even together. They were just smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> Mental note. If you're doing something like that, work out a story. It's like we have a fake idea. They're like, what's your birthday? You're like, I, I April 7th. Uh, no, it says here it's October 12th. <laughs> so make sure you know what you're doing. Work out a story anyway. You know what else I got out of that, Jamie? What? The word lumber. I love that word. She was lumbering. I'm going to have to use that today. <laughs> I've been pregnant. You've been pregnant. You lumber. You that lumber. You yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. And I just love this headline. And this is in Perry, Iowa. It's, you know, Easter celebrations and, and um, what is the Easter, the Easter rabbit is like the Easter bunny is like such a beloved character. Uh, but there's this town outside of Des Moines called Perry. And there was like a little cute little black bunny uh, patrolling the neighborhood. And apparently he decided he was 
didn't like people. And there have been multiple reports of this black, cute little bunny running up to people and attacking them. Oh, no. Attacking them. So How traumatic this, that would be. <laughs> I know. And like a little 13-year-old got bitten. She's like, it's a bunny. And it's like, rah, and attacked her. <laughs> so apparently there's five or six stories about it not letting people out of their cars. <laughs> like it comes to <laughs> the door and like, well, like you get out of your car. And uh, the this one woman who got bit, <laughs> I love her quote. Uh, uh, the little girl who got bit went and got rabies shots. And the woman, they're like, we need to get you some rabies. And her quote is, no, I'm not worried about rabies because when it bit me, you know, I didn't see it frothing out the mouth or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure I would get a rabies shot if a bunny Uh, attacked me. uh, Yes. So, yes, um, the the bunny was actually caught and then uh, taken far away and released. I can't believe nobody checked it for rabies, but apparently since it was aggressively lunging at somebody who was filming it, they were able to catch it, and then they took it somewhere else and released it. So So, so this means I don't need to go anywhere near, like, 50-mile radius of Perry, Iowa. Yeah, don't go. Don't go there. If you live in Perry, just watch out for the rabbit black (laughs) bunny. (laughs) Well, this next story happens in Oklahoma, and um, this has happened to me before, and knowing you, it's probably happened to you as well. So the police in Enid, Oklahoma, they're on a farm. Somebody had called 911 because they heard somebody crying for help, and the police were walking to this farm. It was a distressing noise. And the person was saying, help, shouting for help, help. And so the officers were running back and they are looking for like a person that potentially is trapped under farm equipment or something. And this exact thing happened to me. I walked outside my house when I lived in Oklahoma and I heard somebody going, help, help, help. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it sounds like there's a baby out here. And it was dark and I'm walking around in the dark. I'm like, baby. Are you okay? The baby's going, help, help. And I'm going, there's a baby. And I'm like, Chad, there's a baby that needs help. And I'm like, it's dark and you can't see anything. And I'm like, I get my cell phone flashlight out and I'm holding it up and I'm looking for this baby. And I walk over to the fence. I'm looking in the yard. It's a dang goat. Yes. (laughs) And that is what happened to these police officers on their body cams. And they have gone viral. (laughs) Apparently this farmer's (laughs) like, I had two male goats in the barn and I took one out. And then the one that I left in there wasn't happy. And he was screaming for help. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I would, so many listeners have, have had that happen. I bet. Oh oh, yeah. And it sounds so real. It sounds like somebody yelling help. Yeah. I love the fact that these guys have gone viral and there's like pictures of these officers. Like (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. You got to figure it out. I did. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a goat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last story is in Springfield, Colorado. That's right. There's a, a guy in the driver's seat and he's driving to Pueblo, which my friend Betty lives near Pueblo, and it is a very interesting town, Pueblo, Colorado. I've been he's there. Been apparently, there. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely. Um, and so this, this 28-year-old man is driving, and there's a woman and a child in the back seat, okay? And in the passenger seat is his dog. 
Okay. So man driving dog in the passenger seat, woman and child in the back seat. Got well, it. Apparently he was in a little bit of a hurry because he was going 52 in a 30 mile per hour. And it's like 1130 PM. And what happens when you speed after dark, you're going to get pulled over. So, um, they're in Springfield. No words. It's the same Springfield as the Simpsons. I don't know. Uh, but apparently he was driving and the police pulled him over and you know, they've got their lights on and they're walking up to the car. And what do they see in the car is they see the guy jump in the passenger seat and shove the dog into the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> so the police come up, knock on the window. And of course the dog can't roll down the window. So the guy has to get out and he jumps out. And what does he say? I wasn't driving. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't driving. He was driving. And he blames the speeding on the dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently the sub suspect was clearly wait, sit down, wait for it. He was intoxicated. Okay. <laughs> so, really? Uh, yeah. I know you're shocked. I know you're shocked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess also when he got out of the car and the police were like, um, sir, we're going to have to ask you to step over here. Uh, the dog sat there very nicely and the man decided to take off running. Of course he did. What else is he going to do? <laughs> what else is he going to do? You got to <laughs> run for it. And, um, and about t 20 yards, he made it. <laughs> they got him. <laughs> So the, the people that were in the backseat, excuse me, I said child and woman. It was a man and a woman. And the car actually belonged to the woman. And they were stone cold sober. So why are you what? letting the dog and the man that's drunk drive and uh, the woman in the, the backseat with the sober guy, they end up getting in the front seat and driving away. And the driver who blamed it on the dog was in turn arrested there you go <laughs> so so whose car was it it was the woman in the back seat it, it was her car no that doesn't course, make sense you're like whose dog was it as for the dog the article says which this is on ktvb.com uh <laughs> i don't make these things up there's no way i could uh the two other occupants of the vehicle took the pup along with the vehicle back to pueblo so they just dropped it here's the thing jb you meet this guy uh you and chad you meet this guy and with his dog and you say hey you want to drive my car oh you're drunk well that's okay you just just go for a ride <laughs> you can drive again lisa it is a thing where these weird news stories give you more questions than answers yes yeah like why how where what <laughs> so many questions <laughs> Anyway, the dog is safe. Everybody's fine. And uh, he's in jail. So awesome. And again, thank you guys for submitting these. There's no way I can make it up. But I will tell you the honest truth is I am going to the store and I'm buying vanilla ice cream and fruit roll-ups. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and then we're going to make millions smuggling them into the country. <laughs> yeah, I want to get in on that. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Well, everybody, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today and hanging out with me and putting up with me. And uh, thanks to our guests and thanks to George for producing. And um, I hope Glenn finds his luggage or if not, Jen gets to go shopping. There you go. Perfect. Everybody have a great day. Spay, neuter, and geld. <laughs>